0: has riot lost faith in esports uh we got a lot to talk about with the layoffs that happened last week uh fly Quest, is the bot lane a problem uh lots to talk about week two was give us lots and lots to talk about um tsm are they even more dead we'll get into that in quick news all that and more in episode 150 of the clown fiesta podcast with blue jay and jnt 250 uh big apologies for being late this week um some things came up we're getting it done now and so we apologize for the people that wanted the morning monday podcast but here it is jinter people are already aware of the 530 rioters or whatever the number is that were let go and they're aware that there was like 11 percent of staff let go um but i think there's more of an esports discussion to be had around this um just a year ago there was the travis gafford interview that he did with um john needham And at that time, I remember John saying that like there were some things to be worried about in the short term, but in the long term, they were very excited. And then that's where there was discussion about that riot esports network or whatever the hell they wanted to do. All this to say that even though they acknowledged there was going to be short term issues, there was no sign that they were going to be laying off a bunch of staff and that they were, for example, the LEC losing 27 staff for the LEC product LCS staff. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know there's LCS staff being laid off how concern how concerning is this to you
1: I mean it's just a little bit funny when you go back and you watch that interview because I did rewatch the interview uh yesterday, kind of just because of the recent announcement of the layoffs and the various projects that are being scrapped and or you know toned down, and it really, like I said, it's kind of funny when you look back on the perspective of it where the outlook for the most part from John Needham was relatively positive, you know while he did acknowledge that there might be some some issues in the short term he seemed pretty convinced that they weren't going to be issues in the mid and long term that, that's literally exactly what he says we do not foresee these being issues in the mid and long term and I think that one year removed basically from that interview now I think it's more like 10 months but yeah. Ryan has just announced that they're laying off 11% of their staff and I'll, I'll tell you what that that energy of removing 11% of your staff or laying off 11% of your staff did not fit the energy of what he was giving off in that interview 10 months ago.
0: And anytime you hear them get, like, excited, like, we're so excited for the future, you always take it with a grain of salt, right? I'm sure we're all aware that, like, yes, this is still, like, a riot talking head where he's going to give some PR answers and say we're excited about this and we're excited about that. So, like, just because he was excited about the future of esports didn't exactly get me all fired up. But even though I know that, like, he just says those things, I'm still, like kind of scared with where this has gone because in that interview yes he says he's excited but there was no sign that shit was going to get this bad this quick i don't know how many people work on the lec but when i heard 27 people were being laid off that sounds like a big chunk and then shock said something to the effect of it's going to be like more bare bones like did they not just build a brand new studio for the lec maybe valorant plays there as well I'm, i'm kind of ignorant on these facts but the studio that I'm watching LEC in does not look like the old one, so something changed.
1: I mean the other thing you have to consider is when you take a look at the list of the people who were unfortunately let go from the LEC broadcast, it was a lot of more higher up people as opposed to just random, you know, you can eliminate these positions. Like it was the executive producer of the broadcast got removed, a bunch of the like ops team which were involved in doing like the broad the uh, the the spectating and the replays and whatnot, like two thirds of the whole um, spectating and observing team has also been cut. There's one guy apparently doing like the the over oh, the Rick the spe- like running the spectator client. And at least from the minimal amount of LEC that I saw this past weekend, I probably watched about maybe seven of the 15 games, six or seven of the 15 games. It, it did seem like there wasn't as much production being thrown into it as normal. And not to say it looked bad or anything because it didn't look bad. It looked pretty normal for the most part, but you definitely didn't see that normal high production quality that you do see from a league like the lec because they've pretty much been the leaders if you know leader if not leaders in kind of creating this uh entertainment broadcast when it comes to league of legends
0: yeah like i want to acknowledge also that like there is a world where this is part of the plan and like where john said you know we're kind of worried short term but we expect like maybe part of the plan this whole time was to lay off people but I, I just don't see that as being the case. The, the thing that has me worried about the future of Riot Esports is the they revamped the LCS studio into the Riot Games thing where Valorant plays and LCS plays, right? So like they're investing in North America. They invest in Europe. As we just said, they redid the, the European thing. And then so quickly, they pull the Uno reverse card on themselves and they're like, let's lay off here, let's lay off here, let's lay off there, let's lay off there. And yes, I know a lot of the staff is not just within the Esports realm, but a lot of it is so that's what's got me worried about like what is going on at riot and i i don't know maybe ha- have you heard of anything that like would give you um confidence that everything's going to be okay i haven't heard well, john speak since all of this stuff have you i haven't seen anything like
1: that there, there's a couple quotes from the statement that was released when this announcement yeah. came out that i think are pretty important to note and i'm going to read them off just so people who maybe haven't read the statement um yeah, can hear ahead. these because i think they're the three most important quotes of of What's been told to the public from Riot? Number one, with regards to the layoffs, um, this isn't to appease shareholders or hit quarterly earnings numbers. It's a necessity. That's number one. Number two, over the past few years, Riot has more than doubled in headcount and we've spread our efforts across more and more projects without sharp enough razors to decide what players needed most. And third, says, with today's moves, we're going back to putting games at the center of everything we do um and w- that last
0: one there oh sorry go ahead
1: well i was just going to say that in terms of the actual games perspective the only significant changes are being made to both legends of runeterra and riot forge you know for the most part the various teams on league of legends uh valorant uh wild rift uh project l project f you know all the the unreleased games those for the most part they said are staying intact but It's Legends of Runeterra, the card game, for people who don't know, and then Riot Forge, which has done all the single-player games, which are pretty much getting axed very hard. I mean, Riot Forge has been completely eliminated now. The Bandletail game is going to be the last game that they release under this name. And in Legends of Runeterra, they basically said, is kind of going to shift towards a single-player PvE-type style. It's not really going to... The focus of the game is not going to be the the card game where you're playing against another person. It's going to be the single-player mode.
0: Yeah. Um... When it comes to those quotes that you read, I feel like a lot of people will read the first one like this isn't to appease the shareholders one and be like, yeah, F you, I don't believe you at all. And you know, I'm not buying it. And I think that's one of the things that will bother people the most. And I totally get that I'm kind of bothered by that statement, too, because I don't know how much I want to believe it. But the one that bothered me the most is the third one, which is like, with today's moves, we're going back to putting games at the center of everything we do. Like, Maybe I'm just too worried about esports. And I'm like, does that mean they're moving away from esports? Like, I don't know how to interpret that. And it's always hard to interpret these things, anyways, because it always feels so PR speak. I don't really like Riot has kind of lost everyone's trust when it comes to any kind of statement of any kind. Like, I just don't know how much to believe them. Same thing goes with the interviews that John and Nas do. Like, they always have a way of wording things that, like, it just doesn't give me a lot of faith. And that last one saying that we're putting games back at the center, we do is like, a very interesting twist that sounds good like we're getting back into games that's what we do but like if you move resources away or if you put more resources into games for example and you're laying off a bunch of staff doesn't that mean it has to come from esports and it kind of seems like that's the case when you're getting rid of all the staff that we talked about in esports already
1: yeah it's probably going to enter i mean we're kind of are and i mean esports winter has been a thing that people have been talking about for almost two years now maybe we're kind of coming up on the two-year mark but basically sort of since the mid to end of 2022 that's when a lot of the esports winter talk has sort of surfaced and it feels like we're really now seeing some of the uh the effects of that and i guess to to go to the second quote because i I thought that was kind of the 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 typical riot uh situation is Mm -hmm. we spread our efforts across more and more projects without sharpening phrases to decide what players needed the most That is literally the Riot classic of just trying to do too many things at once, but not uh, fulfilling all of those tasks to completion. You know, even before Riot sort of, uh, you know, there was a Riot 10 year anniversary and they released all the new games and provide all the new teasers for the games when they were just doing League of Legends things like I'm talking like from seasons five up to nine. Basically, it was the Riot classic to release some sort of something in the client, a new game mode, anything that wasn't directly game related and then it would last and it would stay at the forefront for about one year until it would quietly go away. And then there'd be an announcement saying, oh, yeah, we're removing this. It's done as a project. And I feel like that's kind of exactly what we're seeing here. Riot, you know, rightfully so in the upswing of their company. And as they mentioned themselves, they doubled in headcount. They probably got this idea that they were going to be able to do all these various things because all their games are popping off so hard. And you've kind of just we've reached that point where we sort of regress back to the mean a little bit. And Riot is probably just. Basically, they're kind of like at this wild moment. It's like, oh, we're involved in too many things and have too many people to do these things. And as they said it themselves, they didn't have a clear focus or vision. And I think that's sort of what the point that we're at now is they've realized that, hey, we need to kind of refocus and figure out what exactly we want to do, because we've kind of been blowing through some resources potentially over the last few years.
0: Yeah. And until someone from riot comes out and says that they're still um like planning on investing in the long term uh side of esports until that happens and even if that happens i still don't know if i'd have faith but until that happens i'm not going to have faith in the long-term investment into esports because the last time that they said that they were bullish or whatever the hell term he said he might have said that he's bullish long term with esports the last time he said that shit was very, very different. Even though it was just nine or ten months ago, like shit changed so much within that time that it's like, if you're John Needham and you are still feeling that way and you still feel like Riot is going to invest in esports in the long term, you should probably come out and say that pretty quick. But well, and even, like I said, even if he does, people might not even believe it, and I don't blame him for that.
1: And you know, as I mentioned, this interview was done in April or March of 2023, and at that time there was a lot of discussion going on around, you know, LCS teams potentially selling their spot. And this was even before the announcement and the reveal that basically two teams were going to depart the LCS and they were going to downsize from 10 to eight teams. And even in that interview, before all of this happened, despite the obvious concerns about the constant cycle of hearing reports that teams are looking to sell their spots. Once again, they, they were just, they just basically told us that like, Hey, we have confidence in the teams that we're working with and, you know, Then six months later, we find out that two teams are getting completely removed from the league. So I think I've said this multiple times. Like I have I've sort of lost the blind faith. Like a lot of people seem to have this blind faith in Riot when it comes to various things, when it comes to improving the LCS or, you know, the direction of the LEC, whatever's happening on with the game. These various interviews that come out with Riot, like I'm just I'm sorry, I've just lost giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like it, I, I it, think that makes just total been sense too to many. Me. There's just been too many things that have happened in succession since about 2018 for me to just keep rah, rah. Yeah, let's go riot games with just, <laughs> yeah. with just blind faith.
0: True. It, you know, what's so interesting about riot games is they can be such a good company when it comes to like the games they make. Like I know people are going to hate when I say that, but because everyone, oh, my champion got nerfed, shit game, balance team's trash, everything's trash, 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 trash. But like the games are good. People play the games and they play them a lot. The company's really good there. Everything after that, it feels like the company's really not good. Uh, yeah, their, their messaging is bad. A lot of decisions they make is bad outside of the games, and uh, yeah, feel like there's a lot of reasons to dunk on riot games the company outside of the actual games themselves and maybe they've been dunked on too many times that they're like we're just gonna go back to making fucking games because clearly we make games that a lot of people want to play maybe that's their focus i don't know but as someone that loves esports like we're esports guys we love the fucking lcs that's why we do this podcast not inspiring a lot of faith you know
1: yeah it's uh it it's it, and it's obviously tough for the rioters themselves you know there was a lot of them that pretty outspoken on various social medias that this came as a big surprise to most. A lot of people weren't expecting this. A lot of people were, you know, kind of upset that they basically, you know, their, their job and their current life and situation was basically down to receiving an email, whether or not their position had been eliminated or they were their their services were no longer needed. And it just felt bad for all those various writers who were all over social media that last Monday Basically, just saying like I don't know what my future is. Like, once again, a, a little bit scummy from Riot seemingly pulling the 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 rug from under their feet. Yeah, because sure. like because like I said from the jump, this this kind of was just something that came out of nowhere for the most part, especially when you consider the various language that riot officials and higher ups have been using for the last two years because even and once again i'll refer to the post that they themselves made for the most part they've they've been able to avoid these types of situations by being able to reuse other people in certain uh design teams and fashions and not have to have these sort of big mass layoffs and like i said it was probably just a point of they started trying to spread their wings too far in the last four years with the with the boom and they're kind of kicking them in the ass now
0: yeah no that definitely seems like it might be the case um before we move on and talk about all of the lcs teams and week two of the lcs if you want to support this podcast it's very easy to do that jinter how can they do that
1: click the like button click the subscribe button
0: that's a big one
1: the follow button maybe if you're on twitch i don't know the leave a comment we we respond to the comments we read the comments you want to flame us flame us we'll flame you back
0: J and T has been doing more replying than I have, but I have been reading the ball regardless. Uh, we read them all. So yeah, just make sure to sub guys. It helps us tremendously. And like you said, comment, like all that stuff. And also remember we are on different uh, podcast platforms. So Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, what are the other ones? Jinter? Uh, we're obviously on YouTube.
1: Yeah. YouTube, Twitch. What, what, other, what other Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all them random podcasting platforms.
0: If you use one that's not those, I wonder what people are using. Anyway. Oh, and also nice. a big apology again that we didn't get it out for Monday. We always try to get our episodes available for Monday. And going forward, there's a chance that things change. I I, I know this is going to be annoying and super vague, but like there's some issues that we're working with right now. Don't know if the next episode's going to come out on time. It's really going to be a play-by-year kind of thing, guys. And I know I'm sorry to be vague like that, but that's just the way it's got to be. I guess I'll just say there's some health issues, but no one's dying. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Just give um, us
1: your give us your PMAs, your positive mental attitudes. That's all yeah. we need from you.
0: Yeah. So um, hopefully we get our next episode out for Monday, and if we don't, we apologize. Okay, let's talk about the LCS. Week two happened. Uh, we're gonna start with the three in one teams. Yes.
1: Yeah, we got a we got a bit of a tango at the top here now with uh, all of C9 Energy and FlyQuest sitting at a record of. And there's a bit of like, a, not necessarily like a full triangle going on, but there's a little bit of a triangle considering that Cloud9 beat NRG and NRG beat FlyQuest, although we don't have yet to play FlyQuest, but we're kind of at this point now where we're a third of the way through the season because the season is so short now, and we got three teams tied for the top one. I think going into last week, or I guess, sorry, before the week happened, everyone was kind of considering Cloud9 as the, the clear-cut number one, and that was kind of end of discussion, and maybe now, it's not as clear.
0: I don't think that's going to change. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting is I, I think I remember saying Cloud9 and FlyQuest are supposed to play each other this week coming up, and we thought that it would be undefeated versus undefeated, or we thought there was a good chance that it was 4-0 versus 4-0 and um, going into the week, but that's clearly not the case. Both of them dropping games. I still have Cloud9 as the clear-cut favorite. I don't think that's a hot take. I think people will agree with that. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, they're still the favorite in my eyes, obviously. I don't, I don't think that has changed. I, I would, however, say that it's maybe closer than I thought it was. I'll say and that. And
0: just because of the Shopify game, like, that's the only game that they lost, or I mean, it, yeah. who else did they play? They played Dig and Shopify this week. Was there anything in the Dig game that had you a little bit more, like, oh no, shit?
1: Uh, no, not really. But I think it was also more so just that energy just smacked FlyQuest up and down the street. Like that—that that was, I thought, what was most most impressive about the whole weekend.
0: Hmm. Um, was there any performances from the play? Okay, let, actually, let's talk about the vein thing. Can we talk about vein mid? Did you like I the mid? I thought, yeah, I liked it I too, liked it. honestly. Especially for the let em cook award.
1: Well, it seemed it, well, it seemed pretty clear cut that when Shopify saw Cloud Nine, because I think the way that it went was Shopify went Udir first pick. And then Cloud9 responded with Aatrox Callista. And basically, from the jump, it, it seemed to me that Shopify was under the assumption that Cloud9 was then going to pick an AP midlaner. And mm-hmm. there had been a little bit of talk going into this patch that the play is actually to run tanks mid lane, rushing Kanik Rukern or... Uh, some of the other newer tank magic damage items because the, those items are so strong. Like, you, and not just the magic items, like you have items like Frozen Heart, which can easily counter, you know, AD junglers, ADCs, and top laners. But tanks mid were kind of something that we're brewing going into this next patch. Obviously, LCS being played on the live patch, we get to see those things first. So, it wasn't necessarily surprising that they locked in the sound because I thought the plan that Shopify had was pretty good with what Cloud M was showing so far in the draft. Like, when they go Aatrox Callista, you're thinking that, hey, they're pretty much going to resort to an AP mid laner. And I thought that as well. So I thought the Scion mid pick was actually pretty good. But then yeah, Cloud9 just, decided oh, to throw cook it. yeah. Then Cloud9 decided to throw a little spanner in the works, and instead of picking an AP mid laner, picked the Vayne mid, which I still thought was a really good answer to the Scion. However, um, other circumstances prevented the Vayne from doing a whole lot of that game. That included one Budge having another bad game. I'll I'll keep calling it as as I see it. Fudge is what not. You mean
0: another? You mean another in reference to last year? How he had bad games? Because yeah. I thought he played good up until that game. Okay. Yeah. In reference to last three year. Three good games, one bad one for Fudge. That's the way I'm looking at Fudge.
1: I don't know if I mean. Obviously, he's not. They're not bad games because like Cloud9's winning games, but he's not doing anything so special to where he's making them win. The, like the in the first week of the LCS, I thought Fudge did his job for Cloud9 that, to win.
0: That's what you want from a top laner a lot yeah. of the time, though, right? Like that. I was going to say especially Cloud9, but they kind of play around different places, so it's not always like that. But, like, just any top laner, all you want is for them to do their job. And I would argue last year, Fudge wasn't necessarily doing his job. So, to me, I'm much more, uh, like, I'm I'm buying in on the Fudge, getting back to where he was, although I will admit that that game was a hiccup that, like, eh, not a big fan of that. But I still have, I have more faith in Fudge now than I did coming into the season. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, and the, the jury's still out on that. You know, I still have yet, i I've yet to form a concrete opinion about how I feel about Fudge this season, but I would say that.
0: Damn, last like, year really put skeptic JNT they mode did? on. Uh, well,
1: uh, yeah, because I mean, we don't have to go down the whole Fudge rabbit hole here, but the whole, you know, the whole point towards uh, the positive points towards Fudge was that he was playing very well domestically, and that he also would go to these international tournaments and also play very well. Think back to MSI 2021, Worlds 2021. Fudge was probably the best player on his team. At international events in all of 2021 and then obviously he had a really rough 2022 you know didn't c9 didn't play very well know, sorry they didn't end up going to msi c9 didn't play well at world's fudge was getting smacked by uh, who was in their group flandre wonder and and zeus uh, 2023 kind of gets smacked around at international events again doesn't have a strong summer yeah. split gets annihilated by dokla in this in summer finals so I'm telling you like we, we got to pump the brakes here but like uh-
0: I'm, I'm taking, you. like,
1: maybe... This is a hot take. I'm taking Rich over Fudge all day. Like,
0: um, I'm
1: taking Rich over Fudge all day.
0: That might be a little bit of a spicy take. Because Rich was very hit or miss last year in summer. Like, he had a really good start and not such a good end. But I, I don't hate that take, but I do like you put him you it. put him
1: on C9 and... It's a big difference. The, I'll tell you that
0: the stuff that I do agree with is the international competition starting in 2022 is where Fudge started to get a lot of criticism, and I guess the only issue with that. So while I completely agree with you, is the only issue is that he can't prove himself internationally for some time now, right? Like I, I guess he's in a, a in a spot where like he can't prove himself because there's nothing that he's going to do in the LCS. That's going to have you be confident in fudge. right? Because
1: I would say that's not true. The, the, oh, okay. thing, the thing that would give me the most confidence is him playing like the best top laner in the league. Like he did mm. in 2021, the early parts of 2022 and I guess, you know, spring split 2023. Like when okay. you're, th- when you're the best top laner in your region, like that is cause for praise and be like, okay, this guy's playing very, very well. But, And I'll say it again, Fudge was a mediocre top laner last split in in summer twenty twenty three. Mediocre at best.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're right.
1: And I haven't seen anything to the contrary so far this year to make me believe that he has made the jump back to being best in his role. Fair enough. I've yet to see maybe maybe it maybe he is and he can show that, but I have yet to see that in the first four games.
0: Yeah, you want to see it before you believe it. No problems with that um okay so back to the vein thing we both liked the vein to me that game pretty much just went off the rails like i again i agree that the bot lane dive yeah exactly the maokai dive bot lane is. sorry sorry (laughs) to go on a fudge
1: tangent but yeah the bot lane dive is where it went really horribly wrong
0: yeah and so as the cloud nine fan can't like i feel like you could probably cope with that right and just be like that's just a botched dive that happens like that really put the whole game it turned the game upside down as to what they wanted to do so like Can you walk away from that game coping? Or is it still like, "Mm, I don't want them losing to Shopify because Shopify was really struggling. They were 0-3 at that point. So, like, are you coping being like, eh, it's fine? Or Shopify was 0-3, they were really struggling, and I don't want Cloud9 losing to a team that couldn't win a game yet.
1: I mean, I guess technically I'm still coping because I don't Mm. like, they kind of lost from their own mistakes. Really, I mean, the the only place where I guess I would argue that they didn't lose just because of pure mistakes was top lane. Cast or uh, sorry, um, <laughs> fake god was just playing good.
0: That is definitely the cope. They only lost because they like made mistakes. I mean, like...
1: I mean, when you when you when you try to dive bot lane and it's a like you're you're diving bot lane three v two and then all three players die without getting any kills in return and then you then lose the next fight around seconds like grub spawn kind of cursed
0: i'm still with you because like i like one mistake like that that completely flips the game i i would be in cope mode as well like i don't i'm not worried about cloud nine like i said i still think they're going to be the best team um but also at the same time you kind of got to give credit to the other side there was the milio that knocked them back when they were diving that was like perfectly done so like i do think it was well played from shopify's side of things as well Mm -hmm. but even if i think cloud nine should pull off that dive you got to give credit when the other team does something good too
1: Yeah, but I mean, when Maokai is, like, sprinting it down, drops the aggro with his W, Berserker does not cleanse, like, does not get out of the Varus ulti that gets thrown at him. Like, Blabber doesn't flash the Varus ulti, like, he's just cursed all around.
0: It was an interesting game. Uh, Should we go over to NRG or FlyQuest?
1: NRG, we got a we got to put some respect on who he's name. I know this guy, he's he's just a fun guy. Likes to laugh all the time, but Hey, when the laughing comes out, that means the enemies are dying.
0: Yeah. I fucking love who he,
1: (laughs) yeah. We got to peep the NRG comms once again to hear who he having a grand old time laughing. However, I think we need to sort of ask the question. We've talked about this podcast many times when we're talking about the support position. There is, you know, since the, since the earlier parts of Core JJ's career and even Vulcan's career in the LCS when they were clearly the two best supports in the league, they haven't mm-hmm. been necessarily at the top of their game in the last you know year and a half to two years. and I think we got to say like, is who he is who he there with them or has he overtaken them? Because I think I would argue at the very least who he is right there with them for being best support in the league. you know, you look at who he's career and ever since he joined Golden Guardians in summer, I guess it was summer of season nine. When he originally paired with FBI and Golden Guardians, he's been top four, top three in the league ever since, basically.
0: I'm definitely okay with saying at, so far into the season who he's been the best support. I'm okay with that because I don't think Vulcan's been spectacular. I don't think Busio's been spectacular. Usually you look towards the top of the standings and which supports are going to be. Uh, I Honestly, we'll get to Ayla later, but I actually thought Ayla's been looking pretty good. So like, there's other guys to talk about. I don't want to classify who he in that level of like hands down best support. Cause like, to me, it's up for grabs right now. I don't think the Vulcan that we had of like two years ago or the core JJ that we had of like three or four years ago, I don't think who he's playing to that level, but I do think that like, he definitely deserves some respect. And like, I don't think the discussion of best support should be uh, exclusive to Vulcan or core JJ anymore. I I honestly think both of those players have kind of fallen off in the best Best support is up for grabs. I, I think who he is currently the front runner.
1: Yes, I I would agree that who he hasn't reached those high highs that we saw from the likes of Vulcan and core J in the span of like 2019 to 2021. But I would argue that he has already overtaken Core J and Vulcan Ooh. for best support. Oh, because okay, I mean, yeah, you gotta because I mean, even his his career on 100 Thieves before he then uh went off 100 Thieves, I
0: guess.
1: Where did he? Was he? We we was on Hundred Thieves, and then did he come to NRG? Where did he go in between that? I, I can't even remember.
0: Golden oh. Guardians. He was there last year.
1: Oh yeah, it was Stixay, of course, of course. That's when the laughing started. He, How could I forget? Yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but I remember there was <laughs> a time on, there, there was a
1: time on One Hundred Thieves where he was paired with FBI once again, obviously, and they were doing a lot of the Senna combo type lanes, and you saw who he playing a bunch of stuff like. They were playing Senna TK, Senna Set. They were playing some Senna Wukong. I believe there was even some Senna Lee Sin in there. And I just remember talking about uh, Huhi and how he was basically the most versatile support. And you kind of look at the likes of Vulcan and CoreJJ and you kind of wonder, like, CoreJJ has kind of been known as this engage, you know, hook-style champion. And ever since the Enchanter meta has been around for, I guess, the last year and a half now, hasn't looked as good. And honestly, same with Vulcan. You know, there seems to be a clear difference from champions of you know, Thresh, Rakan, Alistar, to your Milio, Renata, uh, Nami Lulu type champions.
0: Yeah, but I, the, all this to say that, like, he deserves more respect, and I am totally down with that. That guy is... And, and you know what? You're going to get a lot of ins out of Huhi, and I think that's probably the reason why some people don't want to put him on that core or Vulcan level as far as, like, how good they were over those... Again, it's been a couple of years since, but you get that, like, upper echelon of like how good those supports were i don't know if i want to put him there because there are some ins you do get him to you do get who he running it down sometimes we're all gonna remember the zach game last year oh yeah <laughs> uh yeah but maybe, maybe not think... one
1: of those uh champion picks that we need to see again
0: mm, i want to see it again <laughs> i i want to see it, all this to say who he's good he deserves the respect um what else happened with nrg this weekend uh they, they had hundred thieves and they fly. had a
1: close game against 100 thieves
0: um i don't even remember what happened in that one
1: um that was i mean once again i feel like that's more of a 100 thieves talk type of game but i kind of said we it could from, leave it for that yeah I, I, for I said that. it towards the beginning but energy smacked the fuck out of fly quest this week and if we want to yeah, start they it, did if anything continue to up big you know, continue to praise the bot lane of nrg because that's where the whole game revolved around you know obviously there was a level one skirmish that happened where inspired was forced to sort of come down and hover the lane uh energy's bot lane still got a kill in the 2v3 then had the wave on their side of the lane pushed it back out brought contracts down from after doing his uh, top side clear brought him to the bot side of the map forced inspired to sack his top side and cover the dive they still died in the dive then they did it again at level four or five then they literally did it again at like level six it was just over from minute 10 basically
0: yeah i kind of want to turn this into an nrg and fly quest talk just because of that game specifically so you mentioned the shit went down bot lane it went the their lane got frozen um in the favor of nrg and it felt like nrg never let off the gas at all after that if you're FlyQuest and I'm I'm a FlyQuest fan I can cope being like eh that's just like they played energy use a good team one little thing went wrong in lane there which is a I should say a little thing it is actually a pretty big thing for like being able to control your lanes but like I think the problem is fixable I don't think I didn't really have any issues with the rest of FlyQuest cuz like when your team's just getting smacked you're going to try to make shit happen and yes it's going to look worse when you're trying to make plays from behind I didn't mind that too much the the question that we asked at the start of, like, is FlyQuest bot lane going to be a problem? I still don't want to answer that yet. I think the answer's no, but, like, after they got so hard-dicked against Energy this week, I, I like, mm, I kind of got to hesitate on that, you know?
1: Yeah, it, it just mostly makes me concerned for the strong laning bot lanes that we have. And I think, yeah. you know, while I'm, I'll bring up cloud 9 bot lane, while they haven't looked the greatest necessarily, you just look at the individual skill from those two players and the games that we've seen out of them in previous years. Berserker and Vulcan can easily smack people up in lane. I've said this before. I think Jan and J are still probably the best lane, like laning bot lane duo. And when it comes to laning, just if we're talking laning only, throw a little bit of respect on tactical and ole. Like they're not, they're not bad at laning.
0: Like, yeah, they actually they've been good so far this year. I, I guess the concern is fair for FlyQuest bot lane because we just saw an example of how the bot lane can lose them a whole game. And I don't even want to pretend like the rest like there weren't mistakes everywhere else. I didn't think Jensen had that great of a game. Jensen was kind of just free ganks mid. He died a yeah. couple of times mid. So like, there's other issues, but the reason they lost that game is the bot lane. So I think there's there's a fair reason to start to concern yourself with their bot lane. I need to see more sample size before I'm like full panic button on uh, on the FlyQuest bot lane, though.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if I'm necessarily at a panic button yet. However, just looking at the first four games, I've yet to see any moments that have wowed me from the FlyQuest bot lane. They've just been similar to the Fudge conversation. They've just been doing their job and doing job. Just just doing your job is fine up until where it starts affecting the rest of the map and the rest of the game, like it did in this energy game.
0: Yeah. I felt, I've, I really felt bad for Inspired trying to, he kept going to make sure that his bot lane didn't get dove. Yeah, well, um,
1: the only, like, the only mistake that he probably made was initially going bot. And I would say that that was just probably a result of the bot lane saying, like, hey, we're getting into an all-in level one bot lane. If you come, if you come and clean them up, like it'll be really good for us. And unfortunately that didn't happen. They actually got a kill in the 2v3. Inspired then fell behind and then had to cover the dive when it came three minutes later. And I think at that point, the CS in jungle, like not that CS in jungle is a big deal, but it's a big deal when it's like 48 to 16 or 42 to 16, whatever it was. I think it was like at level, at level four, level five, like inspired was down two levels. Like, the the game is over from then. So I would say the only mistake Inspired made was listening to his own team when they were probably calling for him to come down at level one. But from then on, like, you basically had to go bot lane to cover dives because what are you going to let? You're going to let your bot lane lose two waves every single time you try to dive them, go two for zero, two for one. Like, you will never win the game like that. Like It's he,
0: very much doomed if you do, doomed if you don't type deal.
1: Exactly. And it, it was clear just from the draft that they picked, like, Sejuani, Darius. They wanted to be a top... Like, they wanted the focus to be topside when you pick when you're yeah. picking Darius Sejuani that is like the green light where hey we're going top lane this game and they just never were allowed and you know Whippo obviously he, by the end of the game it didn't look like he had a good game but there was nothing he could do like Whippo yeah. was just chilling he was up 10 cs like doing what he was supposed to do the jungler was never able to gank his lane once contracts found his way up there like 10 minutes when was trying to take an all-in he dies and then his he's fucked as well so
0: And even though I kind of paint the picture that this is just one mistake bot lane that kind of screwed it all up. You need to give credit to NRG for not letting off the gas. Like I mentioned, like contracts was permanently invading Inspire's jungle and just fucking with him the whole time. Inspire did not have a fun time that game at all. And so you got to give a lot of credit for the other NRG guys for using that advantage and not throwing it throughout the game. There was one dive that NRG did that like kind of went awry. But aside from that, there weren't really many mistakes. So like, Good sign out of NRG, because week one, it didn't look that great. Much better week two from NRG.
1: Yes. Looking good.
0: Uh, two and two teams.
1: Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm late here. My bad. It's okay. But yeah, two and two um, teams. We got 100 Thieves and Team Liquid. I want start to I, I start with 100 Thieves, because we asked the question last week, after they went one and one, um, uh-huh. are they ahead of schedule? And I think yep. the early answer we were saying was, yes, you know, the team actually looks pretty good. Uh, lots of praise to go around for this team. I, I'm going to start again with the guy who I mentioned first last week, which is River. If there were any questions about this guy being able to perform on a bad team, we've, those questions haven't answered. River is still really, really good.
0: 100% true. And... One of my reasons for doubting this team at the start of the year, which I'm still going to doubt them, by the way, just let me just get that out of the way. But one of the reasons for me doubting them at the start of the year was like, I didn't really have faith in a lot of the individual players outside of River. And I remember when River was on a bad team on Dig, like before he went to Golden Guardians, like River did not look good whatsoever when he was stuck with a bunch of noobs. I don't know what changed, but River is ganking everywhere. And it seems like it's really to their advantage to just gank heavy and make the game more of a fiesta, pun intended, rather than make the game about farming and getting advantages and prio and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, let's just fucking fight all the time. And maybe we can pick up some wins. And that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, like they um... are hella aggro. They fight like crazy. And and somebody else that I'm going to throw in the mix of like, I'm just fighting quid. I don't think Quid has any understanding of when he's going to die. I, he's totally careless, yeah, but I he don't. is looking to kill someone. Like that, <laughs> That's what I got from this week is like Quid is going to engage and he doesn't give a fuck where anybody else is on the map. Quid might die going for the play, but he's going to go for the play and he might kill someone. He might just die. And I'm actually really enjoying watching Quid play for that, for that reason. I think 100 Thieves is just like, we're fighting, let's go. And I'm, I'm down for it.
1: Yeah, I don't know I don't know if I'm as big a fan as quid uh fighting quote unquote I don't know if I'd use the term fighting I might use the term inting a little bit
0: Well but, <laughs> I mean I don't Edo know Motado.
1: like like if you asked me before like if you showed me this week of LCS and then I had to I had to answer a question saying do you think quid has ever played against Vi before I'm telling you I would have wrote no for the answer cuz I don't think <laughs> this guy knows what the what the champion Vi does like dude I feel bad because like I flamed Quid all of last split, and I honestly I gave him some praise last week, but I got to flame him again this week. He that game against NRG was one of the worst Akali games I think I've ever seen. The I didn't dude think it was
0: that bad. Wasn't it it? Was, maybe I didn't look close enough.
1: You, you gotta look. You gotta you look again, and pretty much in the majority huh. of fights, just watch Quid and see the boatload of nothing that he is doing. Um,
0: I. I, I don't remember not one was, play around was drag. Really he bad. completely erased the Ash. Like he flanked her a little bit in, in the blue jungle, and he just erased Ash off the start. Killed that's support that's ash. one of the things I remember. I mean, cool. I the well, I mean, still you're still erasing someone. Like that is your job. Like t- taking Ash off the map is a good thing. Um, I, I maybe yeah maybe I needed to focus more on Quid because again I didn't think that Quid was amazing. I do think he's very flippy and he's just gonna fight. I so, think
1: if you take a if you put a magnifying glass on this game and watch Quid only you'll see how useless he actually was
0: interesting maybe i'll have to watch more next week i'm i'm excited to watch i didn't think i'd be excited to watch 100 but, these but okay I am.
1: but here's the thing i don't want to get negative because i actually think there's a lot to like about this team you kind of you uh-huh. gave him a little bit of credit you know in our earlier segment but ayla dude looks yep. dude looks like a much better version of the version that we saw last year on eg and fly
0: oh god yeah
1: Like, he looks good. Meech looks really good. Uh, River looks good. And Sniper
0: Sniper looks good.
1: Like, everybody looks good except for Quid here, which I'm taking that as a win because going into the season, I was thinking that only River was going to be good. And then we were going to see some pop off moments from Sniper here and there. And I was like, we need to be worried about the rest of the map. But I I don't have those concerns. The only concern I have right now is mid lane. And I would say that that's a good thing.
0: I still have concerns in every lane, actually. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I, don't thought, wrong. I, thought I thought snipers Aylan looked, looked good. i thought
1: snipers looked really good so far and is it like
0: the first week i don't think sniper looked good they came out of week one one and one right so like and, and most people acknowledge that even though he got the riven game he still kind of just lost which i guess was the matchup is so i hear he's supposed to lose that matchup but like still he was getting picked off in side lanes as well which is a very rookie thing to do like I don't know if that happened in week two or not, but like, just because it didn't happen in week two doesn't mean it's not going to happen in week three, four, five, six, or whatever. I'm still a little bit nervous for, for Sniper. And I'm nervous for most of, the, most of this team, honestly. I'm still pretty doubtful on them, but I just have way more excitement watching their games because they go down with a fight. So I'm all for that. Let's fucking go.
1: They're definitely an exciting team because they do like to fight.
0: Can we classify them as Scrappy? I
1: think so. They, they we'll fit, call them they,
0: scrappy. They,
1: they fit the bill for that. I would maybe right. like to, maybe we can tone it back just a, a smidge. I don't maybe, want to. Maybe a little <laughs> more calculation on what we're doing.
0: What's, okay, so other than scrappy, what are we going with?
1: I don't know. Just like.
0: We're calling know, them scrappy. Let's, scrappy. let's just
1: not dive headfirst into the backline <laughs> when there's a Vi alt and stuff going on like that. How about? Let's just recognize that they have a Vi. Vi presses R. When you go in and they press R, you die. Let's, you let's do think whatever
0: your little heart wants. You dive that back line. Don't ever let JNT yeah. tell you you can't do something.
1: At the very least, can we go? Can, <laughs> we, can we? buy a Zagna's second item like every, every other Akali does against Vi? Let's buy Zagna's second item. Let's, let's not wait until fourth item to buy a Seeker's Armguard. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> okay, and then TL, on the other hand, I'm still like, I thought TL was going to look better. I don't, I don't know what to say about TL.
1: Honestly, um, I don't even know what to say about them either. There's one minute they're looking like uh, the greatest team ever, and then another t- other minutes they're looking like the worst team ever.
0: Okay, let's talk about Yon a little bit, because I know you're a Yon guy, and um, I, was it, okay, let me make sure I'm not confusing this with last week. This was the week where he had the Lucian game where, like, he shot W the wrong way, and then he shot Culling the wrong way. Right. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, his Lucian game was not very good. He also dashed melee range like three, two or three times in that game. Oh, uh, yeah. like when it was those big extended team fights. I don't know. I, I don't like that Yan is kind of becoming a bit of a Lucian one trick. And I know it kind of does play to their strengths of like they play the Lucian army because they're a good landing duo and they usually win lane because of it. But every single time that we enter the team fight phase of the game with Yan playing Lucian, he's more often than not overstepping. And this time he doesn't kind of have the Gale Force to bail him out a little bit.
0: Hmm. Okay. The
1: Philios game was really good though. I thought that was good.
0: Uh, that was against Immortals.
1: I mean, it was against Immortals, but they will win. We'll, no, t- that we'll was a good game. Honestly,
0: so that made it sound like I was trying to discredit. That's not. That's not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to remember what happened this weekend. Um, the APA. Uh, he played. What he did he play Tristana. against the I just remember he kept. He right, both he kept, weeks get, and he both kept getting caught in the Bard. He kept getting caught in the bard ulti against Olay, which mm-hmm. like sometimes he made it out though, or sometimes he died, but it just didn't matter, and TL would win the fight. Yeah, he but never like,
1: he never got the the jump golden stasis buffer, but apparently it's really hard to do. So at least that's what they were saying I, on on the coast stream. So
0: yeah, and I I thought that he kind of just got destroyed by Flyquest as well. I, you know what's funny? Do you remember when we were doing our predictions last week? Andrew pointed this out to me. I said something along the lines of like picture Jensen shock waving a little Yordle or whatever, but I said with bomb, so I clearly hinted at Zig. But mm. it wasn't that far off from Jensen playing Oriana into the the Tristana in this case. But you, and, we can give
1: you a little bit of credit for that.
0: Yeah, you I, get I'm you, gonna get, you, get,
1: you that. get half a point.
0: Um, I wanted APA to close out the game more cleanly against immortals when he got the early he was 2-0 and really early he was farming great he was taking turrets i thought that he could have closed that game out more cleanly but he's still very apt to getting picked off part of that and we'll get to immortals part of that is you got to give credit to to uh ole on the bard but still like i don't think he's very he's very unsafe and dies a lot so like apa we're
1: talking that's about that's gonna yeah. be
0: a problem yes yeah did i say I, somebody else
1: no i i just I just had looked over him, was just making sure we're still talking about APA because I'm going to agree with you. Yes. His positioning still leaves a lot to be desired. And I actually thought the, uh, in the, in the TL FlyQuest game, I thought they abandoned the split push. You know, I, I thought that was a mistake for them to abandon the split push strategy and try to fight five V five around that Baron pit. They, they were splitting up, up until that mega team fight that like two minute long team fight happened at the Baron pit where like Jensen TP'd out of the fight to go answer APA in the sideline side and then APA TP'd into the Baron pit to try to join the fight. I thought up until then, like despite losing the soul, the game was still, I wouldn't say in Team Liquid's favor, but they still had kind of control of the game because they were dictating the tempo of the game via the side lanes. And I thought that once they abandoned the split push strategy where they basically forced APA to TP to the Baron because they decided that, hey, we need yeah. to fight this Baron because if we lose Baron, the game's over. And I can see that. But I just thought that they abandoned the split push when they really needed to uh, not because they were just simply winning in the side lanes for 10 minutes of the game up until that point.
0: I think I agree with you. And so I was listening to the co stream, but you could sort of hear Azale. So I might be taking this from Azale if I I heard him correctly. Um, I think what he said was like. TL decided to give up the drag to take the inhib because they felt like they couldn't 5v5. Yeah. And then it's like, once you give over over um ocean soul, well now you definitely can't five e5. Exactly.
1: Right? Like so, they should have so just continued to where, commit to the sideline.
0: Yeah, that's what I think I heard Azale say, and that I completely agree with. And so I'm agreeing with what you're saying also is like if you were gonna commit to splitting, why did you commit to splitting? And then once you give over soul, suddenly we're like, oh yeah, let's fight now. That makes no sense whatsoever. I honestly don't think that they should have given up Ocean Soul. I think once you do that, I don't think you can win the game. I think there's too much of a requirement to team fight nowadays that, like, it's really difficult to make split pushing work. Maybe that's not as true anymore. Maybe with, like, grubbies and stuff now, maybe split, push, split pushing is way more viable. Tristana can take down towers. I just, I didn't really have faith when they were doing it, and I thought, even though they got, like, a 2k gold swing, so I think FlyQuest was up 2k, um, and... TL ended up being up like 500 gold after they traded Soul for the towers and the Inhib. I thought that was still an advantage in my books. It was still an advantage to FlyQuest. Now, obviously, it was definitely an advantage once we saw them team fight. But at that point in the game, even if TL decides we're going to stick to the split push, I still favor the trade up from the side of FlyQuest. Do you agree or disagree with that? Am I, I overrating I, Ocean or Ocean Soul? I,
1: I, I still agree with it. I just think like you said once they committed to giving the ocean soul you then needed to fully commit to the split push game because it was gonna it was pretty obvious yeah. that i mean i guess say it wasn't obvious it only became obvious during that mega long team fight that they just didn't I have i think it still they was just, obvious they just didn't have enough damage to get to the front line obviously they have frontline shredder like they have a huge frontline shredder and Tristana. like that champion does an absurd amount of damage in team fights if it's going unchecked but You saw Whippo, like, he healed his health bar, like, two times in that fight, and they were just stacking armor out, like, they had double Ninja Tabby, they had Randuin's, I think somebody had a Frozen Heart also, like, you, you just got to a point where the double AD carries weren't dealing enough damage, and you, this is, like, a pretty common thing when you have these sort of team fighting ball comps, you reach a certain point to where all that matters is the team that's dealing more damage. Like it doesn't matter how tanky you are. Like, if, you, if you're tanky enough, but you're dealing damage, the team that has more damage is always going to win. So when you have two pure tanks on the top side and two carries and a support that's not dealing damage, like, it's just an enchanter, you're always going to lose out to the comps that have, like, a top laner that's tanky and doing damage, a jungler that's tanky and doing damage, a bin laner that's doing a lot of damage, and an ADC that's doing a lot of damage. It's just... I don't know. It it just felt like TL sort of lost their fundamentals as that game started to break down and devolved into chaos. And I think that's a pretty common thing with team liquid is when the game starts to devolve into chaos, that's when the team really struggles when TL is played
0: struggle after 20 minutes, man, their late game stinks and they're having some of the same issues as they did last year. And in week one, they don't close out games. I don't great during the laning phase, no problems there. And then when it comes time, mid game towards late game, they just fall apart. I don't know. I, I'm very scared for how they close out games. I think
1: I think it's just whenever TL isn't allowed to set the pace of the game or play the game on their own terms, they really struggle. But when they can and they they they're in control, they're really really good. And I think that's a mark of a team that obviously has a very strong early game, but doesn't necessarily know what to do when playing from behind. So yeah, it, I don't want to
0: do a full. Sorry, go ahead.
1: It's we're just gonna to have to wait and see if TL can sort of clean up these types of situations, like it's, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is if T, if we go into next week and we see TL go 2 zero in games where they win the early game, they're up 4,000 gold and they close the game out. Like that's not going to give me any more reassurance that, okay, TL is becoming good. I want to see this team maybe pick a bit of a scaling comp, or maybe they end up losing the early game and they come back and win a game. That is going to be a lot more impressive. And it's going to give me a lot more reason to believe in TL than, instead of them just winning from ahead because that's so, what that's the only thing weak, that they do the pretty much
0: this week might be super weak they might have three games this week uh they do in fact yes yeah so maybe what okay you said if they go two and oh but they play the same shit eh. but if they go three and know oh.
1: i mean like i said i think i think it depends on how the games actually play out
0: yeah fair enough um i think you're gonna agree with this i don't want to do a full power rankings but like we still have them fourth
1: i guess yeah they're
0: Probably. still top half yeah just because there's no one really to take their spot like we're not going to put 100 thieves there yet right the other teams are yeah. all one and three
1: i'd be a bit too early to put them there but i would say the trajectory is favoring 100 thieves maybe
0: interesting okay uh one and three teams we got summoners rift immortals and dignitas
1: don't under where where, i don't know where the summoner's Rift thing came from because
0: sr when you see sr don't you actually even captain flowers said it on the broadcast this week captain flowers are like when i see sr i think summoner's Rift. so i i'm happy he said that because i was like oh i'm not crazy
1: i don't know i don't know i I don't see i think
0: i think you're the weird one jenther i guess i'm weird (laughs) okay what team are we starting with are we starting with uh shopify
1: yeah, I mean we we kind of talked to them we talked about them a little bit already. They obviously had the win against Cloud9, but the unfortunate loss to Immortals and that's probably a loss that is going to come back to haunt them a little bit, especially when it comes uh playoff time and looking at playoff seedings because unfortunately they are towards the bottom of the standings four games through the season, sitting at tied for 1 and 3, tied for sixth place effectively. Um but a loss to a team like Immortals I think is going to have heavy implications on End of the season, if they're fighting for the the six seven type spot, or even just tiebreakers seven eight five six something along the lines of that.
0: I I feel like it was it felt so disaster for Shopify being zero and three and then going into Cloud Nine like that one and three is so much better than the other one and had being that you beat Cloud Nine right like that gives a lot of like okay let's not judge this team too quick yes we pointed to the mistakes that cloud nine made in that game and cloud nine didn't play that great and they were picking weird shit even though i think it was still good weird shit so there's a bunch of caveats there but like eh, i I, like i'm not i was i was very afraid before before that cloud nine nine game i was like oh fuck we overrated shopify they're gonna be the team that we always think has a chance to push up into the upper thing and then just finishes dead last i remember that used to be immortals before they really became immortals yeah um yeah, so that was what my worry was. And now I'm like, okay, this can be salvaged because you have a Cloud9 game out of the way. And that was a win.
1: Well, and even despite the 1-3 the and three record, e- like even in a situation where they would have won the Immortals game and lost a cloud like obviously that kind of changes our perception on them because Immortals is maybe a game they're supposed to win and Cloud9 is a game they're supposed to lose. So they don't have that shine of beating Cloud9, but they've played three of the quote-unquote top teams in their first four games. They've played Cloud9... They have played Team Liquid, and they've played uh, NRG. Or no, sorry, is it FlyQuest? Sorry, Fly. Yeah, FlyQuest. I need I to make sure. Fly. I need to make sure I have this right. I'm trying to find there.
0: I think Where's it's the... FlyQuest, but I I should remember this, but like I can't remember anymore. Um, you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, the... FlyQuest. But yeah, you have you've played TL FlyQuest and Cloud9 in three of your first four matches. So like you kind of were only expecting maybe to have one win at this point, regardless.
0: Um, while the one and three about... record
1: doesn't look great, I would say it was expected and they're going to have easier matchups to come. So
0: you're okay, okay, so with, the the... You're okay <laughs> got, with the one Boy and Boy three
1: record. You're okay with the one and three.
0: We got Void Boy and Wild Turtle discussion. Um, obviously, B Boy. And then we got the Is it actually a detriment to be completely anti meta? Which one do we want to start with first?
1: I thought B Boy looked really good so i don't know what the whole sort of situation is with wild turtle versus b-boy we still don't really get any answers as to why turtle was playing it, over b-boy
0: it sounded like it was a visa thing that oh, okay. i don't have that for sure but like when i was listening to i think it was the dive or something that's what it sounded like but i i do feel bad for turtle a little bit just because i thought turtle actually looked pretty good even though even though they lost both their games last week i still thought turtle looked pretty good but like if you sign Bvoy, it's because you're intending on playing with Bvoy, and so I, I don't mind that they put him in and blah blah blah. But it's just it's just unfortunate that like this is kind of what happened last year with um, uh, Insanity and uh, Ruby, 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 yeah, yeah. Like it feels like this team can't really get away from that. They got visa issues still affecting teams in the LCS in 2024. Unbelievable.
1: Well, at least Voy is really good, so you're not the same exact situation where you have Insanity on the back burner and then bring in ruby but his andy's playing really well so you don't need ruby and in this case you had turtle who looked pretty good b-boy comes in looks even better so yeah. it, it's a good sign again even even in the lost two Immortals, b-boy looked really good
0: and you also wanted to talk about the well the picks that they're picking picks that they're picking i shouldn't have said it that way but um you asked the question to be yesterday um is it a detriment to be completely anti-meta so i want to know what you think about that
1: yeah i just it's an it's an interesting question when you think about it because obviously one of the one of the positive points to being you know sort of anti-meta or whipping out these very anti-meta picks is both uh you know you, you, the team who's picking the unconventional pick has experience playing it because they're obviously the ones who are picking it but obviously the other team doesn't have a lot of experience playing against it so it kind of gives you that advantage of whatever matchup you might be playing but at the same time I do wonder considering that Revan has publicly stated Revan being the Shopify head coach Revan's publicly stated that they're going to keep picking a bunch of wild shit. And it's something that's going to be like akin to their team. Like that's going to be their style. And I I just wonder if that means that, well, I I just wonder if that means you're going to sort of be spreading yourself too thin of trying to practice all these various champions compositions. And that might sort of remove you from honing one or two specific strategies that you get really, really good on. And I've never necessarily been a fan of of taking that approach to where, Hey, we're going to learn these specific styles and only these styles going to be really good at them. And that's, what's going to make us really good because that can easily get countered in the future. If if teams recognize that, Hey, this team can only do this. We ban it out or play against it this way. Then this team is terrible. But at the same time, you play too many different things, try to be doing too much. And I think in a certain sense, it might end up hurt, might end up hurting the team. But, I'm not exactly sure where that stands and I, I think we'll still have to see a little bit in the future to how crazy uh, Shopify gets, especially in the mid lane, just because insanity uh, f- pretty much his entire LCS career has been a, I don't even know what the right terminology is here. Like he picks a lot of unique champions on a split to split or a year to year basis. Like he's not, he's not he's just playing. Yeah. He's not just playing the same thing over and over. He's picking whatever he wants. He's cooking up whatever he wants.
0: So my take on it, my take has kind of always been, I like people playing their own style. And I know that's so like, God, that's so cliche to say, just play your own style. We say that every year, especially at World, But like, I do like that idea. I think that's always, that's always been my, my opinion on it. I will also say that there might be more of an edge to, if your style um, has something that gets buffed in the patch, like maybe that's even better now that there's, that we're playing on live patch because i guess you're more like you're willing to pay a bunch of different stuff well if that's your yeah. style of doing that that the patches might work to your advantage i mean there is there quickly, is a right? skill
1: in picking up new champions and new styles and right. bringing them out onto the stage quickly and, and getting positively rewarded from that so i would say in that sense it definitely is a good thing you know kind of coinciding with the live patch
0: yeah i'm willing to be told i'm wrong but i err on the side of like i like playing unique different stuff um i think I, I think i'm a big fan of that and honestly so, sort of similar to the 100 thieves side of thing where it's like i don't know if i have a bunch of faith in this team just because of how they you know they started off 0-3 and looked really not good in most of the games um i feel similar to 100 thieves where it's like i don't care i love watching this team i like watching them play a bunch of different random crap good enough for me so it's like even if i don't have faith that they're going to make, make a playoff run or anything like that as of right now i still have lots of fun watching this team so like let's fucking go
1: they are definitely fun to watch. That that is, that is a given.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I guess one player to talk about that just came off the top of my head is I do expect a little bit more out of Zazel. A lot of really? the... Really? I thought Zazel's realm- been pretty good. The Rel game to me, it felt like they were never able to get ultimates to engage, and maybe that's partially on the team. Like you, you know, that that might it, engages are a team thing, is people getting set up and then engaging. It felt like a lot of the Rel was very reactionary, just trying to peel your teammates. So like, maybe you could argue that too much of his teammates are getting picked off, and he has to use his abilities defensively rather than offensively. I do think that if you got a guy playing Rel, you need to find some fucking fights, and we didn't really find a lot of them from the side of Shopify. So like, yeah. I'm I'm expecting more of Zazel still. I I think he'll be better.
1: Yeah, I mean not to do a whole deep dive on that game, but I was more disappointed in the nocturne performance from Boogie than I was with Zazel in that game. Boogie, um, Boogie
0: I've, popped I've, off on on Lilia the other game, right? Yeah, he one had a one one, one bad.
1: He, he had a good game against Cloud Nine, but I expect more from Boogie. Boogie will be better in the, in the remainder of
0: the the split. Okay, and then we got Immortals and Dig. I kind of want to throw a dig in the the 100 Thieves aggro discussion just because that game itself, like I mentioned how 100 Thieves would just kept fighting, kept fighting, kept fighting. Dignitas was going blow for blow in that game with them as well. So like another team that's super aggro, we're going to fight. Like, Dude, there's so many, like there's less teams this year, but I feel like there's so many teams to be a fan of because just the way they play is fun to watch.
1: Rich was popping off on the poppy. Yeah, was sad. Rich, Rich deserved to win that game.
0: XU Vi is perma if flashes up, he's Q flashing someone. He's going into fight. Like, let's fucking go. The the one thing that always worries me a lot when you have young rookies is people that are too afraid to make a mistake, right? That's something we've heard many people talk about before. These guys are not afraid to make mistakes, and that's fucking awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that point, but I would agree with you that it is a good thing. He's not afraid to look for those types of engages, but I will, similar to the quid point I was making earlier, I, I would like to see a bit of a more calculated approach into how you're engaging as opposed to just engaging. Yeah. Because going in at, all. Cause <laughs> as you mentioned, basically any time that he had his Q and or flash up, he was using it to go in.
0: What a beast. Um, I also thought their bot lane looked pretty good. I, I didn't really have much hopes out of Tomo or Isle coming into the year, but like I don't know. I guess more specifically, Tomo I thought looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, Tomo. Tomo still solid. Isles. I don't know. I don't hard to have much of an opinion on him. Uh, I My eyes were mostly
0: on Tomo on the on the gin in the gin gameplay area. Yeah,
1: I mean, I thought Isles was kind of terrible on the Ash, but I, I'm not. I've not been a fan of Ash at all whatsoever from what we've seen of it so far. So maybe I'm just an anti Ash.
0: But who played Ash?
1: I mean, still, I don't. I don't like to pick.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, what about immortals? Um, maybe not as bad as you thought they were or yeah, they honestly looking better, shit?
1: there was easily a world where they would have got they should have gone 2-0. They should have beat Team Liquid. It was possible that that was gonna happen.
0: Agreed. Do we think that the bot lane or not the bot lane, the solo lanes did enough to um save themselves, I guess? There were like early like those solo lanes were just asking to get criticism from everyone just because was, they're imports and everyone yeah. are like, who are these imports? Are kind of random. Like Fan sentiment is always gonna be so quick to jump on someone not playing well when they're like an import that it just feels like a random player. But it felt like they actually had a pretty good weekend, kind of salvaged um week one. Week one was not so great, week two a lot better. It was
1: a good start to changing the narrative that seems to have already been formed around both Castle and Mask and how they're just a waste of an import slot and like, oh, you could have, you know, used that those spots for developing younger talent, or even got better imports than these two unknown guys because they're, for the most part, relatively unknown. However, Castle, I thought, had a really good week. I-, I thought Castle had two really good games. Mask had a fantastic Jace game. Not as good on these year, but still, I would say, solid nonetheless. So I... we're on the up with Immortals, which is not something that I was prepared to say going into this week because I thought this team was... I thought they basically had 8th place locked up all to themselves, but I don't know if that's the case anymore.
0: Yeah, there's kind of a brawl at the bottom. which And I even
1: mentioned how they got to throw their bot lane some love because and Ole also didn't look too horrible.
0: Yeah. I liked the Bard. Big fan of the Bard. Um, Not as
1: much so for this crit Ezreal that we saw. That was a bit. Don't know about crit Ezreal, but I don't think that's it.
0: What else did Tactical play? Did he play a Jin game or is that last week?
1: Oh, he, played a, he played a
0: Jin in Ezreal. Oh, yeah, he was sniping some people. Yeah, that was in the shopify game yeah yeah that game honestly i really like so we mentioned the solo lanes the solo lanes permanently had prio when we're helping Armeo invade with the lilia and his lilia was popping off that was actually a really good game out of immortals and like i do think there's something to be said all about all the the bottom teams where it's like okay maybe they're not gonna make a playoff run but i could see these games being interesting at the very least so and there's no one that's like pure dog shit trash you're not winning any games at least not that stands out so far anyways
1: yeah i yeah i would agree with
0: that so so far so good um one more question before we move on to predictions i wanted to talk about pauses not because pauses are fun but i don't like pauses happening in the middle of team fights i think that should not be allowed what do you think about that i think you disagree right or
1: no? Yeah, I mean, you definitely should be allowed to pause in the middle of a fight, especially if an actual like bug or something like that goes on. Because I just think from the like from the viewer, from the viewer and like the public's perspective, I feel like it's always a bad look when a team loses a team fight and then calls for the pause. And and maybe that sometimes it's just the case of some bug really? happens where they lose the team fight and then it's like at the end of the team fight, so then they cause the pause, but. I think even players themselves have said this in interviews that they are encouraged to pause whenever they like the moment they think a bug happens like that's something that the the lCS reps or I don't know maybe not exactly the refs themselves, but they have been told by the i guess the people who run the league that they should pause when the bug itself happens and yeah. not like wait any period of time after for a game to be in a lulled state to then call a pause.
0: I see. I think that's so silly because team fights are meant to be like quick reaction, not like oh, let's pause and let me think for five minutes about what I should do next. Like team fights are supposed to be very reactionary, very. Think but pe- on but your people feet aren't pausing
1: deal. just to pause. They're pausing because they think an issue is going on in the game. Right,
0: right. But if there is in fact an issue that happened, you can still resolve it after the team fight. Like oh, we lost that team fight because of a bug. There's they'll they'll whatever it they'll chrono break it, and like then you play on like to me team fights are just not meant to be paused so i don't like the fact just wait another 30 seconds not even 30 seconds it's usually like 10 seconds and then pause like i don't know i don't like team fights being broken up because of pauses just if you see something that looked weird keep playing it out do the rest of the fight pause that that's the way i look at it anyway
1: yeah i mean i it's hard to say just only because they've 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 come out and players have come out and said that they are encouraged to pause right away when they think something has gone wrong in the game and not to wait any additional time for anything to resolve in the game.
0: I didn't
1: know that. This was said pretty recently. I'm sure, like not recently being this year, but maybe it was like last. Maybe it was sometime last year or two years ago when like fanatic pause became like a bit of a meme. I'm not, I'm not I'm not. sure exactly, but I want to say it was one to two years ago when there was, like, a lot of talk about pauses that were going on, and a lot of players came out and said that they are told by, like, league officials to pause immediately when they think something is going wrong in the game. Uh, and, unfortunately, if, if that... You can get so much that,
0: information by playing out a team fight, but, like, you can get so much information by pausing... Sorry, I'm just reading the live chat for those that are wondering. You can get so much information by pausing a team fight. So I would argue the opposite. You can get so much information that you shouldn't have when the team fight is paused in the middle whereas like you know if if you play out a whole team fight and there needs to be a pause afterwards because there's an actual issue then you go back and play it again and avoid that issue. I yeah, know. but I,
1: but I think it's also but, you know you also got to consider the situations of well nothing has actually gone wrong. So
0: we yeah, should If nothing goes wrong, then then the team fight happened without any pauses and so that didn't influence the rest of the thing. If nothing went wrong, good. You waited for the whole team fight to not be broken up in the middle of it.
1: I mean, I guess, but I think there's something to be said just from like the mental aspect of it is if you think that like something actually went wrong, like if you think you lost the fight because something went wrong, that's a lot different from like just losing the fight because nothing actually happened. Like I would rather, I think just from a player perspective, I would rather like if I pause the game as a player thinking, hey, something just bugged out on my game, I would rather pause immediately. Know that that either was or wasn't an issue, then finish the team fight as opposed to fighting out an entire team fight. Then after the fact, questioning, did something go wrong or am I like something actually go wrong or did I just misplay or something like that? So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I still think from the, the from the player perspective, it's still you, you, you need to pause when you pause. Like if you have to pause, pause the game.
0: Fair enough. We'll agree to disagree. Uh, anything else on that or do we want to get predictions?
1: uh yeah i think i mean i, I can't think we yeah i'm trying to think of anything any other thoughts that i had on the games this weekend but i th- I think that was it and, and actually well, one last thing that i will say because i was at the time i was a little bit cold uh before the season started on the whole live patch thing but i think i'm mm-hmm. i think i'm coming around on it a little bit and maybe i'm not exactly maybe we're sort of waiting for the moment where we get something similar to 14.1 where there's something very abusable like double support item and that just becomes rampant in that week of the game and that's going to be a situation where I'll probably argue that I don't like the live patch because that stuff normally gets hot fixed or patched out very quickly in the middle of the patch so I don't know maybe I'm just like waiting for something like that to happen to change my opinion but from what I've seen so far I, I do like the the live patch uh both it actually being, you know, the way that they run the league and also the the little bit of marketing that they're doing around it like when the vein got picked it's like, "Oh, LCS live patch banger." Like uh, that was actually kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I think that is fun too. I agree with all of that. Uh, okay, let's get into the week 3 game predictions.
1: Yeah, I've just uh just come to realize there's going to be a bit of slight scuff here, but shouldn't be a uh...
0: unbelievable. JNT 250
1: yeah sorry what do you
0: even do around here (laughs) Uh,
1: not a whole lot honestly i kind of (laughs) just
0: that is cap i for people wondering jnt does a fucking lot that's why i'm giving him a hard time
1: bear with me i need two more seconds the scuff is being
0: um i guess while you're doing that just one thing that benjamin says in the live chat says replaying a team fight and getting a different result can feel so much worse that i can acknowledge like i think that is there's some some truth to that okay something that i think is fair
1: Slightly scuffed, but don't worry, we move. Um, as you can notice from the records, I'm eleven and five. Blue Jay is nine and seven. Blue Jay had a very rough day two of week two, where he went o four. Just had to point that out.
0: I made a prediction with my balls. I'm no, not that's, ashamed.
1: No, no, no that's, sometimes <laughs> that sometimes that happens.
0: And no one can no one can ever say that I don't take an underdog because I took the underdog of the year so far. The only thing that would and be almost is off. It like
1: it almost paid off
0: true the only thing that would be bigger is if i take like immortals against cloud nine for example which is the first and, game and and i will absolutely not do that cloud nine cloud nine
1: i'm going cloud nine as well next up team liquid versus nrg i'm gonna go with nrg
0: nrg for sure
1: uh dig versus shopify hmm this is a Ooh, shame here one. because i like rich and i like insanity I, think I don't know who the hell to pick. I'm going to go with Shopify. Dang. I'm going to go with Shopify. Oh, I, 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 I'm praying for fake God that he doesn't get rolled by uh, Rich.
0: Um, Yeah, what the hell? I'll take Dig. I don't, I don't want to have all the same picks. This was one where I could go either way, so I'll take Dig.
1: And then last up, FlyQuest versus... Oh, yeah, sorry. You kind of mentioned this earlier. This is Super Week. This is Friday. I might have said Saturday at the beginning, but this is Friday, in fact. Super Week. Mm-hmm. Last game on Friday, FlyQuest versus 100 Thieves. I'm going to go FlyQuest. FlyQuest. Uh, Excuse the scuff. Uh, Next up, first match Saturday, Team Liquid versus Dignitas. I'm going Team Liquid.
0: Liquid versus Dig. Yeah, definitely got to go TL. Uh,
1: Second, FlyQuest versus Cloud9. Uh, Presumably going to be a battle of the 4-1 and teams, probably, potentially, for sole possession of first place. I'm going to go with Cloud9.
0: I mean, if there's a test for the FlyQuest bot lane that we were talking about, this might be it. Like, maybe Cloud9 like, hasn't been, like, the best bot lane in the league, but they've been super fucking aggro. They are fighting. Like, Vulcan is flashing in with Renata, Handshake, Perma. So, <clears throat> look out, FlyQuest, uh, Cloud9. Uh,
1: next up, Immortals versus 100 Thieves. Um, despite the Immortals hype we've been giving them.
0: Uh, I'm going to go Immortals. We're going to do I'm, different ones here. I'm
1: going 100 Thieves, yes.
0: Okay, and then NRG and Shopify at the end, NRG.
1: NRG, yes. Uh and then Sunday now, uh first match FlyQuest versus Dignitas. I'm going FlyQuest. Damn, I just realized I have Rich and my boy going O three this week. Very sad. Mm.
0: Yep, FlyQuest.
1: Uh next up Team Luca versus Cloud9. Cloud9 got a bit of a prove it prove it prove it week for them right here. But I'm still going cloud nine.
0: You deserve the hype. Uh, yeah, Cloud9 needs to win this game. If Cloud9 doesn't beat TL. Um, well, it's not like TL is like a super bad team or anything, but like you start to lose that. Oh, this team is definitely winning everything status. If you start to lose more than one fluky little game, you know, anyways, cloud nine,
1: uh, next up hundred thieves versus Shopify. Oh, this is a close one.
0: I, I'm going to go Shopify.
1: Oh man. I have no idea. Honestly.
0: Decisions, decisions. You really think Insanity's gonna lose to to?
1: Quit? Oh, true. I mean, but the thing is, like, Insanity might do. He might try something too spicy and then like lose.
0: Or he'll fucking cook with Graves in the mid lane.
1: Yeah, man. It, mostly, I'm thinking about is just like the top side of 100 Thieves has been very impressive, and I think the top side of Shopify has been pretty underwhelming. River's gonna to outplay start the split. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna go 100 Thieves. It's close. Okay. Like a coin flip for me, basically.
0: NRG Immortals were both going NRG for sure.
1: Yes, that is uh that is correct.
0: Okay. Uh let's do quick news.
1: Uh yeah, we got a we got a little bit of quick news, not too much. Uh first up, um there was a couple instances of wind trading potentially slash throwing in programmes. Obviously uh we we talked about a bunch of these incidences previously on the podcast, but uh this week there was two separate ones that popped up on the Reddit where people were kind of just questioning, is there some uh, something dirty going on in these pro games? So first up, there was a game in the Ultra Liga, which is the Polish league that plays in the EMEA Masters uh, circuit, uh, where two players were suspended uh, for two games from the league with a further investigation pending due to some suspicious gameplay that was going on. And uh, after some further Research uh, the two players that ended up getting suspended were Chinese players who have uh, obviously there's been a big link in the past to Chinese players and there being some like win trading slash throwing going on. So more than likely they were probably throwing.
0: Uh, I just want to clarify: they ha- have they yet been like found guilty or whatever? No, not audience?
1: yet. They 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 okay. were suspended like instantly for two games cuz like they pulled up like the rule section and like in the actual rules it says like all players must be trying to win the game at all times and they basically <laughs> made the assumption that like these guys weren't trying to win cuz if you look at the clips they were not trying to win the game at all
0: <laughs> Dude my take is super boring on this but like don't do that man why do these like this actually happens so often like it feels like every year there's a new win trade or int or whatever like stop doing that why do you even play the game like, yeah they, they must be making fucking bank off of these win trades they must have somebody who put like a boatload of money on these games or something like i don't it makes no fucking sense to me if that's not the case
1: yeah and then there was another one in the lco which was not necessarily a similar situation but there was an instance where they were going for some all-in level one This this support player gets out with one hp and then instead of basing runs and sprints directly into the enemy team and dies gives up first blood so it wasn't necessarily egregious as the previous one however people were kind of wondering if it was like one of those ones where you bet on who's going to get first blooded or like which team is going to get first blood and he just runs it down for that purpose so maybe a smaller version of what happened in this uh, ultra lego situation but i think if you watch the clips look just as bad
0: hmm. okay uh what's next
1: uh next up was we kind of got our first taste of some of the international streamers that were going to be co-streaming the lcs and cadrel got permission to do lcs co-streaming this week didn't actually end up watching any of it because i am normally watching the double of media sneaky co-streams but
0: mm-hmm. good
1: that cadrel is streaming or co-streaming lcs in the first place and just getting more eyeballs on it because presumably yeah. the majority of his viewers are going to be eu viewers and from what I understand, he basically just did like LEC co-streaming right into LCS co-streaming. So a lot of those potential EU viewers that may not necessarily be sticking around for LCS, were are watching LCS and that's only a good thing.
0: I'm curious if he's watching the whole broadcast because theoretically, it, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy to co-stream multiple leagues. That's obviously going to take a lot, but it's easier than it would have been in the past because there's not five games happening anymore. And the last game pretty much always has Immortals in it. So like I could see him being like, I'll just stream three games. I'll I think go stream the next three
1: on on Sunday. I believe he only did two games because the last okay, LEC or game was overlapping with else. Like it was the it was the Caramine Corp game it was the last game of LEC, which then he then missed the first game, which I think was the um the NR the hundred Thieves Dig game, and then he started with the Cloud9 Shopify game, then watched FlyQuest versus uh NRG. And then didn't watch The Last Immortal scheme.
0: Dude, this is almost bad news for me because I fucking love Cadrell. And now I got to decide between regular broadcast, the tri the cast with Sneaky Medios double lift, and Cadrell's coaster. Like, dude, I'm going to want to watch all of these. This is like, I don't want to have to make tough decisions. I'm not good at making decisions.
1: As long as, long as there's more eyes on the LCS doesn't matter
0: oh yeah it's a good thing like i'm not when i say this could be a bad thing i'm kind of just joking like it's obviously awesome i fucking love cadrel i wish cadrel would just join the the tricast and we got a quad cast that would be fucking awesome but uh, eventually you get too many cooks in the kitchen you know
1: yeah that's why i vote that's why i always like the the medio sneaky double one three is three is the right number Hmm. you know like i like i do watch like i'll watch occasionally some of the i will dominate stuff just for like games or regions that i'm not like actually watching the full game for so i'll kind of just watch like the 10 15 minute summary of the game but when when you get into those situations where there's like five six seven people on the call like bro i, I can't even understand what half the people are saying like i gotta watch the game
0: um okay and then what else we got for uh quick news you added some things that i am on yeah website, I believe. uh
1: next up There was an interesting uh, tweet that came out from now the former head of socials from TSM, TSM Dunk. I think a lot of people just generally know in the scene because he's been around for so long. But basically tweeted out saying that he was let go by TSM now. But something that kind kind of just added in there as like a bit of an aside in this tweet, but I think is the real talking point around here is he said that there are only nine employees working at TSM employees basically being anyone who's not a pro player content creator streamer there's only nine actual employees working at tsm right now
0: that is wild and to me like (laughs) that is so crazy because okay i guess it doesn't mean for sure that tsm isn't gonna join one of the other leagues like they could still do that but like if you only have nine employees left that doesn't seem like an organization that's ready to join a new esports league and you know take off at least it doesn't seem like that i don't know but yeah when when you pointed that out that like there's only nine people left at tsm it's like we thought they were dead because they left the lcs no now they're like dead dead
1: well they've basically pulled out of all their the they have pulled Everything. out of the majority of the esports titles that they're in now like from i know i'm i not too well versed in the rest of the esports landscape that's not League <clears throat> of Legends and Counter-Strike basically but they they recently got back into Counter-Strike but they kind of have like a mid-tier team they don't have a top-tier team necessarily they pulled out of League last year obviously they pulled out of Dota last year I think as well they pulled out of Rainbow Six last year as well i think a lot of these smash players that they previously had under the TSM banner basically everybody that isn't Leffen to my understanding is no longer on there uh don't even know if they were involved with rocket league or if anything like that's going on anymore basically the only game that they're involved in is like apex legends that's about it.
0: it it's weird to be an lcs fan and like completely forget that tsm exists until a tsm chant happens
1: yeah those still happen from time to time which i mean it's kind of like becoming it's more a good like, meme it, it, honestly as a as a big cloud nine fan and as a big tsm hater back in the day i always hated just the tsm chants. but now you i'm like
0: triggered by tsm chance
1: now now it doesn't bother me as much it's actually a little bit funny just because like yeah it's, you it's you like the ghost it's them. like the ghost of tsm basically
0: you should love the tsm chance because i feel like every time you hear those chants it's not because people are like i like tsm it's like Let's cheer this team that's not even fucking here because of how much of meme they became. Like the the TSM chant meant something different five years ago than it means today. Yeah. It's not the same it's the same chant, but it's not the same chant, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh okay. yeah. It seems that TSM is they they're pretty much dead at this point.
0: Do we want to update any predictions as to whether TSM is going to join the LPL or something like that? My prediction was always, why would these teams? Or yeah. Why would these leagues want them? But I feel like that's more solidified now. I, I might I, be eating my words.
1: I guess the, the I guess the only thing that I have to say is like, if they didn't join a league now, like w- like why join one later if they didn't join one now? Like maybe they're waiting for like more of a decline per se to like get a cheaper spot somewhere. But like, why would you then be getting into a league? Or by Buy buying a team, like that. I don't know. That, <laughs> tough. That that's 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 a big decision to make. To bank on like buying low and hoping that it's going to you know go up again. Like that'd be I agree, a difficult decision to make. I think.
0: Yeah, I I'm with you. It's uh it's kind of funny though.
1: Yeah, and then uh last up, we figured we would do a little bit of LEC talk as the LEC winter regular season has finished up. Um, I know they did the group stage draw. I've yet to see actually what the groups were. So I'm going to see if I can find those real quick.
0: I was unable to watch the LEC this weekend had some things happen. But I, what I will say is because I was hearing a lot of talk about Court before this weekend happened. And how like it's all Targamas's fault, which don't get me wrong. He is playing like shit too. But I think there's too many people that don't want to flame Bo. I think Bo looks like shit and I am loving it. I am big time Bo hater. So I'm sorry if you're a Bo fan. I know there's a lot of those out there. I think he looks like shit, and I enjoy watching the K-Corp games because of it. Maybe that changed this weekend. I'll have to catch up on the game. But until that happens, I think he is just as much to blame as, like, like that whole team stinks. I think there's way too much focus on this guy or that guy. Somebody says Bo is smurfing, though. No, like, to me, not in the first six games. Nope. Not not from what I was watching. That guy was caught out all the time. And, like, plays where it's like you can't blame anybody else. Um, Like, he's just getting picked off
1: uh maybe so. i actually have the the format maybe did they change the format cuz like uh, i'm reading something about the like draws like there there's no group stage anymore it seems like they just drew directly into the playoff bracket
0: i don't know i didn't pay attention i'm i'm behind
1: yeah i i, I think i've said this before i'm not as up to date with my lec this year as even last year i didn't watch as much lec as i normally did cuz for the most part i watched all of lcs and lec but i've i've slowed down on my lec watching but it seems like they have changed the format um there's no more group stages they're just directly into a playoff bracket
0: i do want to somebody pointed out like the comms video because i have seen the comms videos and like i do think there's something to be said about like bo's making a bunch of calls and like that that is fair i could give bo credit for that um because you don't have most of the team isn't talking the comms were really weird to listen to so there there i yeah i shouldn't pretend like it's all bad but like a lot of times, Bo is dying, and there's no one to blame but himself.
1: Yeah, so. w- one thing I will say about the comms and the notion of well, Bo is the only one calling. I, I like it's obviously a good thing that he is tr- you know trying to proactively look for plays. And actually, m- maybe the more that I'm saying this, I actually do think that this is a positive for Bo. Is that nobody is also telling him to not go in. Like there's there's nobody seemingly holding him back. Like Bo just seems like the type of player where he's going to be very aggro and look for a lot of fights and. There's no one else who's even attempting to try to call off these plays or say, hey, no, let's not do this. Let's do this instead. The Pretty much the only other person who's trying to communicate in a meaningful fashion is upset. So I guess c- coming, come, come to think of it, maybe I still actually maybe need to give some more credit to Bo just because, yes, he's maybe inting sometimes because like, he's going too far or he's going for these engages where he doesn't have the follow-up, but at the same time, like he's really not getting a lot of help or support from his team. And maybe the plays that he's he is going for aren't the greatest ones, but at the same time like you got to have some expectation that your team is also going to be able to funnel you some relevant information to either make that decision of hey I am going to fight or hey I'm not going to fight
0: yeah, so I think I agree with all that. Um, the main point that I wanted to get out is that like I think people just don't want to criticize Bo because historically he has been a really good player. I think people just want to point to other guys. Where to me it's the whole, like I said, it's the whole team. They all look bad. Something else I want to read out in Twitch chat. They said, "Do you think it was an infrastructure change for Bo that made him the way he is right now, or do you think he was overhyped even in China?" I don't think Bo was ever overhyped. He used to be a really good player. Like up until this year, I had really high uh, thoughts on of Bo as a player. The reason why I'm a Bo hater is because he used. To to do match fixing? I fucking hate match fixing. That's why I'm a bow hater. Not because he's not a good player. He's a he's a great player. Just this year, people don't, I don't see any criticism for Bo. Whereas, like, he's clearly part of the puzzle of like this failure of a team. Yeah, like, I, I can he turn it around? Yeah, he's been great historically, but like this year he's not. So calling that out.
1: Yeah, he 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 is both part of the problem, but he also will be part of the solution going forward for KC. That that's that's what I you agree with that. One hundred
0: percent still a good player but like he's not playing well right now you call that out same thing happened with jojo last year same thing happened with perks sometimes when he was in on cloud nine like there's sometimes there's guys that are really good but they just aren't playing well and maybe they'll find it later but when they're not playing well I'm not going to pretend they're playing well
1: yeah. and then it. i guess in terms of the rest of the league honestly it was kind of uh, the whole regular season was a little bit all over the place considering there were some teams near the top of the standings that you weren't expecting you weren't necessarily expecting to be there Uh, The main one, including SK, you know, SK, they got off a pretty good start to the season. Obviously, they didn't end the season as well as they started the season. But the fact that, you know, people continue to underrate Niski, I think, is uh, biting some teams in the ass.
0: I don't need to say any more. I
1: don't. Yeah, you're you're the you're the Niski fanboy here.
0: I don't. I am the Niski fanboy. He's fucking good. Uh, Let's I don't need to do more Niski glazing. People have listened to me talk about how good he is for long enough.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the LEC has been pretty good so far. I, I honestly didn't even know that they have this new format now where it seems that there's no more group stage. There's just like a straight playoff bracket with like a a big, you know, upper bracket and lower bracket. So interesting to see how that all plays out. But G2 is probably the favorite. Like, what the hell are we talking about here?
0: Hmm. I will have to watch. I, I, I'm i I'm so like, I feel so disconnected because I didn't watch any this week. I missed a whole third of what's happened so far. I'll have to catch up. Um, That's it for this episode. Yeah.
1: I believe that is it.
0: Okay. Uh, for those that are in the live chat and that are watching live right now, the episode, if you didn't catch all of it, don't worry. The episode will be uploaded relatively soon. Jinter is usually pretty good at getting that up. Uh, another reminder to subscribe, hit the like button, leave a comment. All that stuff is super helpful. Again, we don't know when next episode is going to be. You'll have to maybe join the Discord if you want updates on that. Uh we'll always post in Discord before we go live.
1: Yeah, d- uh, Discord is the best place to figure out, you know, when the episodes are coming out and if there is any change to the schedule or if we're not going to have an episode out for uh that Sunday night/Monday morning. So that would if you're looking for the episodes, Discord's the best place to find out when they're happening, when they're going to be uploaded and you'll be the first ones to know when they do get posted also.
0: Yeah. And shout out all the chatters because actually a lot of people chat in this episode. I appreciate the people that aren't too afraid to disagree with me. I think that's cool and all. I like having discussions, especially when people put some interesting things that disagree with me. I like that stuff. So keep that stuff coming guys. Don't be afraid to criticize us in the comments. We will read them. If you're an asshole, probably not going to reply, but we'll definitely read everything. So that's pretty cool. Uh, This is, that is it. This has been episode one hundred and fifty of the clown fiesta podcast. Take care.